0: Welcome back to Detroit Strange,
1: the podcast
0: that you're listening to right now with your ear holes. Thank you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's harder.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. know how it's gotten harder. Just you've done it so many times that you're like, it should be second nature by now. Then you start thinking about it and then it gets muddled.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think it goes back and we've discussed this before, like wanting to do it differently. Right. And then at the last minute being like, I don't, I don't, I don't have know what do. else to do. Yeah. I got nothing. Right. Whole lot of nothing going up in this brain.
0: Yeah, I know what you mean. Mm
1: -hmm. It's winter time. It sure is. That's what winter is for.
0: Yeah. Nothing in your brain. Nothing in your brain Mm because you're using everything else to keep warm. Mm
1: -hmm. Although not anymore because you just gave me the most glorious of gifts. Yes. What is this called? A comfy. (laughs) A comfy.
2: Yes.
1: (laughs) It's just a blanket sweatshirt, but. A giant blanket sweatshirt that it's makes magical. me feel like I'm four years old and I love it. Right? It's so cozy and wonderful and I now live here.
0: I know. I live shirt. in them. I, li- I live in mine. When I'm alone, I was just like me and my comfy.
1: Mm-hmm. My comfy and me.
0: Exactly. Hashtag not spawns if they would like to slide to the DMs. Mm-hmm. I'll take any comfy swag they want to give me.
1: Yeah. Also, their, their packaging, respect on their packaging.
0: Yeah. It's weird. It comes with like a little swatch of fabric.
1: Yeah. That's not actually the shirt. Yeah. It's like, here, we're going to cut a hole in the box to show you what the color of this object is, but then it's not actually the object. Yeah. I like never realized that. That's so weird. Yeah. I can't wait to figure out what to do with this random swatch of comfy.
0: Maybe it's in case like something happens to it. So you have like mending fabric. Yeah. You have patch. <laughs> You've got a patch for your comfy.
1: I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that. I think... <laughs> I think it's just for the packaging.
0: No, you're definitely right. <laughs> I don't think anyone's patching their comfies either.
1: It is very interesting, though. And I, again, I can't wait to figure out what to do with this small swatch of comfy.
0: I said coaster, but it's not great for that. Apparently,
1: it's not very even.
0: That's fair. I yeah. liked
1: the idea, but it's because it's it's the sherpa and like the other part. Yeah, so it's like two different materials, which are two different heights. That doesn't, yeah, that's not good for balancing liquid. No, not at all. It'd be cute, but not Not functional. functional. Yeah, No. But it'd be cozy. That drink would be fucking cozy. Yeah,
0: that drink would feel amazing.
1: Yeah, like I do right now. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's it's necessary right now, this time of year.
0: It's been real cold lately. We got even a little bit of snow today.
1: Yeah. I was like, is this going to be one of those snows where we can't go anywhere now? Because I can't tell.
0: Yeah, it like was real blustery there for a yeah. minute. It just kind of like it was covering stuff. I'm like, oh god, and then it just stopped, and it was and yeah. it kind of just blew away. And now
1: it's it's kind of pretty. I'll say it, it's pretty right now.
0: Did it actually accumulate? Because last time I checked, it wasn't like really doing much.
1: I think it did a little bit. Okay. Or did I make that up? I don't know. Now, now I'm second guessing myself.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I've been in the basement for a long time working on my Lego set. <laughs> I like got the Lego Aston Martin DB5 set, which usually I'm not a car person, but it's the James Bond car. And so it has all like the like it has the ejector seat. It has like the bulletproof windshield thing. And like it's got all kinds of gadgets, which has been interesting to try and build.
1: I do have a question about who is trying to shoot at your Lego car with a bullet. I don't think it's actually
0: I think it's just like replica. It's a replica because the car has a bulletproof windshield. It's like the sheet of metal that just slides up from the back.
1: Got it. Okay, I thought it was actually like the tempered glass or whatever that...
0: Oh, no, it's just like a very small yeah. piece of like corning glass. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, like, black wow. glass are very much all plastic. Okay. This one had rubber bands, which I thought was interesting. I'm kind of like, ooh, I hope they don't like kind of rot. But they seem like the weird like silicone rubber bands.
1: Okay, yeah. Which the jury's out on that. We, we don't know how long those last. Right. Not yet. If anyone yet. still
0: has a silly band, let me know how it's holding up.
1: Well, good thing is, though, like rubber bands are replaceable. You just this have to is find also the true. right size. Yeah. So if push comes to shove and you need to, you'll find a solution. I'm hoping I won't. I, I don't think you will, but at just least for case. a while. Yeah. Oh, no, you're getting buried with this. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so if it does need extra rubber bands, I, I hope whoever has the wherewithal to throw in a box of rubber bands for you, too.
0: I hope so. Just like all of my Legos and the box of rubber bands. Mm-hmm. That's all you need. Maybe like a bottle of ranch too. Not to go that's with the It bad though. Yes, but <laughs> just like it would make me feel better knowing I was buried with like a sealed bottle. So, like, it's okay. not okay. Be, it'll be gross, but like, and nobody's digging me up. And honestly, I don't know if I'm gonna have a casket. Just yeah, burn me. Yeah, burn me. Give me, me. to science. I wanna be burnt. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Or like a tree. I wanna be a tree, actually. Okay. Those people are like planted in the trees. That's, I like that's that. neat.
0: I'd like to be a tree.
1: They also have like, um, have you have you seen online? There's like those compost compostable. <laughs> or were they turnable into crystals? Well, they can do that too, but that's too much work. I think. I, right. I, don't, I feel like the energy taken to do that is not beneficial. I
0: really don't even like. Is it just they compact the ashes
1: and like? I really don't know how I it think, works, but like. Yeah, I think that they just kind of mimic how an actual. I don't know if
0: I want. I want to be like, oh, this necklace. It's my dead uncle. Or like, no,
1: no, absolutely not. Also, like, what happens when that person is on alive?
0: Do the family jewels literally just become the pressed stones of all of your family?
1: And do you smush them together eventually?
0: Yeah, I think. Do you make well, one you mega?
1: Here's I think everybody? Make, I think you make
0: like a like you like do like a crown. Like and then it keeps mm. getting passed down. Like each when someone dies, you add a new jewel mm. to the crown, and
1: then a scepter when you run out of room on that crown.
0: Exactly. Okay,
1: and then shoes.
0: Yeah, you just when you keep run out like, of room. you keep going down. Like even though know, bracelets, you know, a tennis bracelet, some earrings, some solitaires, some dangles, some hoops,
1: all the, all the things that yes. you could possibly think of until somebody is just decked out to the point where they can't move right. because it's so heavy.
0: And they're like I'm weighed down by my ancestors,
1: and then they get turned Lingling. into yeah. <laughs> Because they can't move, and that's not beneficial for life.
0: And then that's how humanity stops, because everyone's just just crystals. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Just a planet of crystals, as far as the eye can see.
0: That's how Superman starts.
1: (laughs) Or an episode of The Twilight Zone.
2: True. One or the
1: other. (laughs) Yeah. No, there's like these um, boxes they make now, I think like out of mushrooms or something that people can be... Oh, and they turn yeah. you into compost, basically. Like, there's something about the decomposition process that happens faster in the Oh, this fungi. Box.
0: Yeah. If, like, they introduce these fungi, they'll break you down real quick.
1: Yeah. So there's just, like, these warehouses where they let yeah. this happen. And Sometimes then fungi are
0: weird like that. They kind of just, like, goopy spread everywhere and then they, like, decompose things. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, they have a very similar biology to humans, which is the weirdest part of it all. Like, they're one of the closest, like, matches. Yeah. Which makes no sense at all. Right. And also their whole like underground networking thing that they do, where they talk to like
0: they everyone. signal other mushrooms in the network. Yeah, and they it's have spores and so stuff. So crazy! I do the little puffball mushrooms. Oh my
1: gosh! I was just thinking puffball mushroom, and I was about to bring that up. I was gonna say, I one of my biggest dreams in life right now. I've talked to several people about this. Is I want to try a puffball mushroom so bad.
0: I forget where we were. We were somewhere that wasn't that far from here. I think it was that second cabin we went to this summer the like state park one. Mm-hmm. We found some puff balls. We were puffing them. It was so cool. Let's we'll go back there next summer.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. That would be the dream. Yeah. They're so weird looking.
0: They are. And they're so fun to poke.
1: Mm-hmm. And you can eat them.
0: Oh, I didn't know that.
1: Yeah. They're just the big round ones, right? We're talking about the same ones. I'm
0: talking about the ones that like, they have like a little hole in the top and then you push on the, the thing and they just spores come out. Oh no. Oh yeah. No, these Maybe I have the wrong name for something.
1: I really thought what I was thinking about was the puffball, but I could be wrong. I'm not saying I'm not, but there's these ones that are like as big as a soccer ball and they're just white, round.
0: Yeah. Huge ones. I and think I'm using the wrong name for the type of mushroom on oh, okay. top. I think you have the right thing and I'm just like puffball mushrooms. Yeah, it's the ones that pff, <laughs> the the spores.
1: I mean that that sounds neat too. Yeah. Um, but I want to eat the other one. <laughs>
0: I'm glad we had this conversation because next time I saw one of the ones with the shoots, the spores, and like you can eat those, and then some dumbass would eat them, and then they would die. Yeah, please don't sad. ever.
1: The, literally, please the, consult
0: your local something. <laughs> the
1: the one like a soccer ball that's white is the only one I know for sure you can eat in the wild because they're very unique and there's nothing else that looks like them. Yeah, they're the only one like that. But you can like slice them up and like you can like cook them like you would cook like a steak. Ooh. You can make a pizza crust out of them. People do that. That sounds yeah. Can marinate them. And they're just like,
0: I do love
2: a good mushroom. You just cut
1: into them. And the way you know if they're good or bad is basically if the color is the same throughout the middle, it's good. Like okay. still like the same, like it's kind of like a you know creamy off white. Yeah. But if there's any like discoloration on the inside, that one has gone bad and don't eat it. Okay. But that's a pretty easy yeah. thing. So I'm like, okay, I'm in. And yeah, they're just like a giant mushroom. Yeah. And I'm fascinated. I do love mushrooms. Mm-hmm. I, I would love if I knew a mushroom expert who could tell me what to eat and not eat from the wild because I know I don't trust myself.
0: The only ones I would maybe trust myself is a morale because those are They're pretty distinct. like, yeah.
1: Yeah. Although I'd I'd still have to look up. Is there one that looks like it that will That's kill me? A, yeah. Because I don't know that off the top of my head.
0: That's also a good point.
1: Yeah. No, I love the idea of foraging in general, but I'm also not smart enough to not kill myself doing it. Yeah. And I'd like to say that I could, I'd like to go with somebody who is an expert, but I'd really have to know them well.
0: Yeah. You have to know them and know that they're an expert.
1: Yeah. Like a legit one.
0: Yeah. Not like I saw a website once.
1: Yeah. I have at times been on like the foraging side of TikTok, which I haven't really been doing as much lately, but it's always fascinating. I love those stories and I love watching them find the thing and then show me some cool recipe they did with the thing that they found. And I'm like, oh. What a life. Yeah. Would love to do, would kill myself, but would love to do that. Right. Because there's so many copycat things that look like other things. They're like, if the leaf points this way, it's edible. But if the leaf points this way, you'll be very sick.
0: Yeah. That's why I'll never try acid because, like, the difference between that type of acid that fucks you up and kills you is, or I don't know if it kills you. I don't know what the thing, but like, good acid and bad acid is the direction of one hydrogen atom.
1: And I can't see that. Right. <laughs>
0: No, I need a very powerful microscope, and I can't, I couldn't guarantee that.
1: I'm not doing, yeah, I'm not going there. No. Mm -mm. Oh, I have been on TikTok the past two days. Uh Have you heard of West Elm Caleb? No. (laughs) This story's so good. So this girl went on TikTok, and she talked about some guy she had a date with named Caleb. He was tall, and he works for West Elm. Uh Uh-huh. Or I don't even think she said he works for West Elm, but I think he had ghosted her or something like that. And all these other women in New York, this is yeah. in New York, came on and were like, are you talking about West Elm, Caleb? And oh it turns God. out this guy, he's only been in the city for a couple of years, but he's been like ghosting women left and right and sending them the same Spotify pl- uh, playlist, but he renames it for every woman. And just like all this other stuff. And like some of them have dated him for a bit. Some of them have gotten ghosted before they ever met him. And he's like a love bomber. So he just like lays it on real thick and makes them feel really great until he like eventually just doesn't do anything. To, yeah. Also loves to send a dick pic unsolicited.
0: Mm, that's, often before
1: meeting. Not to everybody, but to some of them. And it's actually, there's a West Elm Caleb side of TikTok now. And there's even like things that have been put up on buildings in New York. Oh yeah, I love it. There's been a couple companies have also like taken it up as like, like there's that ruggable company or something like that. And they're like, uh. This was not made by West Elm Caleb. <laughs> and, and like West Elm's like social media, I guess, is having to like deal with all this now too.
0: I love that uh <laughs> TikTok brought down this ghoster, this serial ghoster.
1: Yeah. I feel I mean, it's a lot. So I feel a little tiniest bit bad just because of the amount he has been targeted for the actions of many. I think he deserves to know that what he's doing is yeah. not great. Uh, but now all these women in other cities are trying to find their like West home Caleb. Like women are going up and going, hi, I'm in Denver. Do we know who our West home Caleb is? I love that. <laughs> I think I do, but I want to see if anybody else does all based on a dating profile.
0: I love it. Yeah. I love this teamwork through the internet.
1: Yeah. Well, and he's very noticeable, I guess, cause he's six foot four uh. kind of like, hipstery look he has a mustache oh yeah he's like fine but he's nothing like amazing you know what I mean right like he's a dude yeah so I, I wanted to update you on that again I know it sounds like I live on TikTok but I really hadn't been on it for like a few weeks you and gotta then keep me
0: hipping with it I, I had don't... a migraine
1: so I wasn't really doing much yeah yesterday except TikTok I get that and I went down the West Elm Caleb rabbit hole
0: <laughs> I love a good rabbit hole <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. There's not a whole, I got, I got a small cocktail, but it's just, it's been a long day.
0: Uh, yeah. I've had, I had too many cocktails on Thursday. Yes.
1: Which actually speaking of which, if anybody wants to hear an extra story from Alex, you should go to Planet Ant Theaters YouTube and look up Ants in the Hall. Uh, there is an episode, the one that was recorded on January 20th and the end of the video features Alex after drinking the largest of cocktails
0: I didn't even finish it. That's how big it was. It was yeah. It was, it was like comically big.
1: large and too much. It was It was good glad, for comedy,
0: not good for... I'm so glad you didn't finish it saying, because I would have been... Oh my been, God. I probably would have died.
1: Yeah. I would have been just driving over here to check on you. Yeah. Because we did this remotely. This is a video stream, but he tells an amazing story about Alan Turing. I
0: talked much longer than I thought I did. It
1: was. It was so good. It was so great. You get a lot of Alexisms in there, Uh, a few more than usual, even I think because of the size of said cocktail, but it was really great. So if you want an extra Alex story, go check that out. It's in, you should watch the whole episode, but it's in the the last part of it for anybody who wants to skip, but you shouldn't.
0: Right. There's Um, so many good things inside of that.
1: Yeah. But today I just, I have some of your gin because I don't think you're drinking it ever again.
0: No, it's going to be a minute before I touch it.
1: And then some squirt because that sounded delightful and it is.
0: I love Squirt.
1: Yeah, it's pretty good. I haven't had it until here for like over a decade. So
0: I don't even know what convinced me to start buying it again, but I was just like, this shit is delicious. Mm-hmm.
1: They have not with me with root beer Okay, <laughs> like a few months ago. I was Any like,
0: particular kind or just root beer in It general? was the
1: sugar-free A&W root okay. beer. It's really good. Although, don't read the ingredients because it makes me sad. Yeah. I did stop buying it, but I did buy it for a second. Because it's just so good. Yeah. But regardless of all of that, would you like to hear a story? I would. Good, because I got one. Okay. I'm not going to beat around the bush. This one is a bummer. Okay. There's a lot of sad in this. I had a moment where I was like, is this too sad? But I think it brings us to a more interesting point later on. So stick with me through the sad. Okay. We start with a man named Lawrence Delisle, a.k.a. Larry. Okay. Larry has lived in Michigan since he was about two years old. And Larry met his wife, Suzanne, aka Sue, shortly after his 18th birthday. So if my math is correct, that's somewhere around 1979. Okay. So we're going back a bit. And they married pretty quickly. They were either married or met within six months of his 18th birthday, but married very quickly. Over the next decade, the couple will go on to have four children, find a house in Lincoln Park. And Larry worked as a service manager specializing in front end and brakes at a tire shop like his father. Okay. He makes roughly about $31,000 a year at the point where our story starts, which is roughly about $66,000 today to support his family. Okay. So now we're going to go to the day of August 3rd, 1989. Okay. The weather during the day is in the 90s. It's a very hot, sticky one. As we know, it can get pretty hot in August here. Mm-hmm. And the humidity. Yeah. Don't even get me started. So, Larry's 28 years old at this time, and he's just worked a 10 hour shift at the tire store. After work, he swings by his house in his 1977 Ford LTD station wagon. Okay. To pick up his wife, Sue, and their four children Brian, age eight, Melissa, age four. Four children at 28? Yeah.
2: That's a lot. Yeah. Okay.
1: Four children at 28, four children and basically 10 years time. Wow. Yeah. So Brian, age eight, Melissa, age four, Catherine, age two, and baby Emily, who is about eight months old. The family then goes to price beds for Melissa and Catherine, the middle two kids. And afterwards, you know, it was so hot, they decided to go get some ice cream and it headed to a place called Bob Joe's Custard Shop for a treat. Okay. Larry's just, he's a little run down, really tired from his day. It's been a long one. uh uh-huh. And this is when little Melissa asks if they could go down by the river, the Detroit River, to look at passing boats as they had the evening before as a family.
2: Oh. Yeah.
1: The family headed down to a dead end on Eureka Road in Wyandotte. Okay. This is where there is a small partition between where the road ends and the Detroit River, and the time was about 9 p.m. The spot is also surrounded by a couple buildings, one of them being an 11-story apartment building. They stayed for a couple minutes, but there were no boats in sight. They're probably like, these are all young kids, attention span, let's get going. Yeah. This is when Sue asked Larry if they could go to the pharmacy on the corner to grab some medication for the baby, Emily, who was teething and probably being a bit fussy. Yeah. So they headed to the store, literally on the corner. And at some point in the evening, Larry's legs had started to kind of cramp up and his feet were really starting to hurt. So he took his shoes off. Mm -hmm. In his recollection of evening, when he went to leave the store, he was so tired, he kind of misjudged. And instead of turning right towards their house, he turned left back towards the river. Uh-huh. Sorry, this part's hard. Yeah. This is when, for the 396 feet between where they were in the river, the car began to accelerate. In his story, his leg cramped up so bad that he couldn't feel his foot. He tried to move it with his hands, but he couldn't manage. In his telling of the story, his left foot kept slipping off the brake. Even when he could move his foot from the accelerator, the car kept on accelerating. Sue began to scream and tried to reach over him to the wheel. She also tried turning it, tried to grab the key to turn off the ignition. But in the seven seconds it took from the start of when this was all happening to when the car reached the water, she couldn't.
0: Damn.
1: Yeah, it's a lot. At about 9.20 p.m., the car ripped through the wooden barrier and it was airbound for a few seconds and about 50 to 70 feet before reaching the water. Witnesses were reported to have heard the engine still running while the car was in the air. And when it hit the water, the windshield exploded and Larry and Sue were able to escape. The depth of the river at this point is about 30 feet deep. Larry can't swim, he can only tread water. And he also has a very large fear of deep water. Sue started to go down to try to retrieve the children. She got to Emily, the baby, but she couldn't get the safety belt undone. Pretty soon, the water was so dark, she couldn't even see the kids in the back seat.
2: Oh, God. Yeah.
1: Just awful. Yeah. A woman named Beverly Lake was on her balcony on the 11th floor of that apartment building next to it and saw the whole thing. She was shocked for a second, but then she quickly called 911. A boat happened to come by at this point and saw Larry and Sue and help them out of the water and to the shore. Sue was, as expected, screaming about her children. I'm not leaving without my children. Save my children. They're underwater, etc. Yeah. Larry was just kind of muttering to himself in disbelief. Yeah. So the police arrived within minutes of the 911 call. Pretty quickly. I think it was under 10 minutes from when this all happened to them getting there. And they arrived with a diving team. The team worked for an hour and eventually brought up the four children. However, it didn't look very good. The children were rushed to Wyandotte General Hospital, where Larry and Sue had also, I believe, been admitted. But unfortunately, they all passed in reverse order of their birth.
2: Mm.
1: Yeah, they tried really hard for like hours to revive them, but it just there's only so much you can do. Yeah, Yeah. (sighs) So horrible. And I mean, again, they were on the scene really quickly. They did. I don't know how long it took to retrieve the bodies, but. You know, they did everything in every second counts when it
0: like it involves water and drowning and cause like mm-hmm. minutes matter when it gets yeah to that, you know.
1: Officer Dan Gillasky, who was one of the first officers on the scene, had also helped to pull out the children and was leading the investigation. And he was known as a kind of a bit of a hard ass, often being compared to Dirty Harry and nicknamed Dirty Dan by some. Okay. He came to speak to Larry. I think about two days after the incident, he was starting to grow a little suspicious though. Larry had told him initially that he had trouble with his legs since he was younger. So kind of these, you know, problems, the cramping problems. And that's why he had taken off his shoes on this particular day. And he at first thought a shoe must've gotten stuck on the accelerator. Yeah. Never put shoes near your pedals.
2: Yeah. Very planned.
0: I drive barefoot every once in a while, and I'll just put my shoes in the other wheel well.
1: Yeah, or the back seat.
0: Yeah, just somewhere that's not where they get jammed.
1: Yeah. And his story continued. He tried to reach down, but couldn't retrieve the shoe, and Sue was trying to move the wheel. So that's his first yeah. telling of the story. I believe this is when he was still in the hospital. You know, yeah. Officer Glasky had asked him, like, are you okay to talk right now? And all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So a few days later, when Gillespie spoke with Larry, the story changed a little bit. Instead of a shoe being caught, Larry's memory now tells him that the accelerator was stuck. And even when his foot was off the pedal, the car kept accelerating. Okay. Over the next few days, the community was really behind the couple, had a lot of sympathy towards them and their tragic loss. Yeah. But this wouldn't last. As oh, many of no. their suspicions grew as well. Yeah. Cause again, this is we're talking nineteen eighty-nine. Yeah. There is media, yeah, you know, and most people do read the paper and obviously a story like this is going to circulate. Right. So, you know, questions like what kind of monster could do that? Was it premeditated? Was it murder-suicide? Was the wife in on it? Was there insurance money involved? Uh, The family received things like bomb threats, people yelling things, people yelling things at Sue, who wasn't driving. Right. (laughs) So... News media began to stake out their house, trying to get an interview with the couple. At first, they declined, but eventually, five days after the incident, they gave in. Okay. It didn't go too well. Mm-hmm. To this day, Larry says the only things he remembers is hearing a plane crossing overhead. The rest, he was basically just numb. Yeah. He was talking, doesn't know what he said, didn't know what he was saying. He was just... Yeah. ...there. A friend of his had given him two Valium before Don't this. that do it which will do that. Also, just the shock and yeah. numbness of the situation possibly could lead to that, too. Yeah. Uh, the couple was criticized for how they were acting. Not enough tears, too even keeled, et cetera. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of old news clips, too, of people being like, well, I'm a mother, and I would be hysterical in this, and, you know.
0: You can't tell someone else how to feel, though.
1: No, I mean, and there is. It can
0: be suspicious if it's like they don't feel anything, but yeah. it's also you don't know how someone's yeah. coping with it.
1: And there is I mean there's definitely like there is a psychology to feelings too to a certain degree but also like shock can last for a very long time. Yeah. Coming to terms with things can you know sometimes you're just in disbelief too and you you haven't gotten to that part where you're feeling. And some people are not public with their emotions. Right. So Larry would later go on to note that that's just how they are. Basically yeah. a kind of smile through it type couple. That's how they were both raised, and that's just how they acted. But the public was now against them. So a little history about the car. Mm -hmm. Larry had actually inherited this car from his father, who had committed suicide by gunshot just 18 months prior to this in the front seat. Okay. There was still visible bloodstains in the vehicle itself. Oh, God. Yeah. His father's wife had given it to him as a present, As Larry and his sister had signed away their rights to the house. So she would still have a place to live and didn't have to move. Yeah. So she basically said, thank you for doing that. That's so kind. What can I give you? Here's the car. Yeah. Larry didn't really want it at first. They actually had a nicer, newer car, but he and Sue decided to downsize to the station wagon and sell their nicer, newer car to catch up on some other payments. Yeah. After driving it a bit, it actually brought him a sense of peace because he started to kind of remember driving around in a station wagon with his dad when he was little. Yeah. The car was eventually taken out of the water.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know exactly how many days, but when it was, it was all over the news, like the footage of it being pulled up and like place and this and this and that. Yeah. And the car was tested. We'll get to all the tests. The, the car was tested. So at first mechanic Jim Calkwell who was hired by Larry's defense attorney, Frank Eamon, inspected the vehicle, he found several faults. There was a kink in the accelerator cable that could cause it to stick. The throttle plates were scraping in the carburetor, which could also cause acceleration. It would later come out that Ford actually recalled this engine in pickup trucks for this very reason. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. But not in the station wagon. They only recalled the pickup trucks, not the station wagons. Weird. After this, the car was also tested by police. They set up a 396-foot course, the same distance that it had gone, and set up a test in which they accelerated as much as it could and then used the brakes to stop the car. I have a little discrepancy in how many times they performed this test. It was either 14 or 20. Okay. With no problems. Stopped just fine. However, on the next try, so the 15th or 21st, the accelerator stuck. The engine roared until they pulled the keys from the ignition. Weird. They did it one more time after that with no problems.
0: Weird. Yeah.
1: So August 10th, a week after the incident, Larry and Sue were picked up between 7, 7.30 a.m. in the morning and taken to a Michigan State police facility in separate cars. Both were questioned, but Larry was really put through it. I don't have any information on how Sue's interrogation went, but Larry was. Makes sense. He was driving. Yes. First, he was giving a polygraph test. This is 1989. It's a little different than, I mean, people still get polygraph tests now, but I think we know a little bit more about.
0: It's shortfall, shortcomings maybe, or the
1: shortcomings of them. And I don't believe they are admissible in court then either, but it's more to see how people react to the fact that they have to take them now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I almost feel like. So anyway.
0: Um, yeah, I feel like it's almost more like, I want to take you on to
1: top of a polygraph. It's yeah.
0: like more of a threat than an actual yeah. like. Because
1: yeah. they can't, they can't use anything from the polygraph. As evidence,
0: I didn't know that. That's interesting.
1: Yeah, because there's there's too much. There's not enough accuracy with them. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's just trying to kind of to put the pressure on to get them to crack, maybe
1: mm-hmm.
0: more so than well.
1: Maybe. And it can give. I mean, I guess it can give an idea of like how to question them in a questioning situation. You know what yeah. I mean? Like there's still definite uses for it, but it can't. It's it's
0: not like a hundred percent tell you're lying every time. Kind mm-hmm. of yeah. Like, but that, if somebody's
1: not willing to take one. That's always a little yeah. interesting. So Officer Gillespie had asked a psychologist friend of his who referred him to John Palmatier.
2: Okay.
1: John Palmatier was a very well-known polygraph examiner from the state police.
0: I think I've heard the name before.
1: Well, he's an interesting man. I actually went to his LinkedIn. Okay. I love that. <laughs> yeah. So he was originally trained by the RCMP, Royal Canadian Mounted Police, at the Canadian Police College in 1983. Oh, the Mounties, eh? Eh, yeah. And he also has a bachelor's degree in psychology and criminal justice.
0: Okay.
1: As a side note, he actually lives in Florida now. As a side note, I mean...
0: Snowbird. No, he's he, a snowbird.
1: Yeah, but he's working somewhere. I for, I didn't write this part down, but he is working in Florida doing something Seven. impressive. Yeah. So as a side note, he also studied Zen Buddhism and martial arts. And he happened to be very well known for getting confessions.
0: Interesting. Yes,
1: There is footage of this. It was all taped. Ooh, Okay. Yeah. And it is actually available in a Netflix show I'll tell you about in a little bit. Okay. So, Oh, I'll tell you right now. It's in my notes right now. <laughs> it's a show called Netflix Confession Tapes. Okay. Uh, and it's all about. Different. Case. I only watched the one episode, but I probably will watch more. It was very well done, even yeah. though this is a bummer of a story. Yeah. But the footage of the interior, it's out there. And it's very interesting because Palma's here started by telling Larry how accurate the polygraph test is. He later goes on to tell Larry that, quote, I've been given a gift to look deeper into people than we've ever thought was possible.
0: Okay. Sure, Jan. hmm Yeah.
1: Wow, that's so intimidating.
0: Yeah. It's a bold thing to claim. It
1: is. And again, I mean, this is decades and decades, you know, no, ago, for but sure. Still. So there's, so if you can't even tell, or if you can't tell from that tiny bit I've already given you, there was a lot of psychological tactics being yeah. used in this interrogation. Yeah. Some have spoken about these tapes, even citing that Palma's here was using a hypnosis technique. Okay. Uh, which he denies in the Netflix show yeah but a psychologist is the one who points it out in the show as well so yeah eventually palmateur leaves the room for a little bit to leave larry on his own again i think that's pretty common he comes back shaking his head to tell larry that he has failed the test okay larry goes on to tell him that he loves his family would never hurt them purposely Mm palmateur goes on to tell larry that or to point out to larry that larry did not have good models in life such as his father so, kind of bringing up, yeah, that, and that trying to insinuate that maybe Larry was also looking for a way out. Yeah, uh, he also plants the idea in Larry's head that Larry was possibly being controlled by an inner demon, so it wasn't actually his fault. Okay. Or I always al- love
0: it, inner demon defense.
1: Mm-hmm. He also suggests that maybe baby Emily was crying, and the stress of it got to him, and he kind of had a breaking point. You see, by this point, I think it was figured out that Larry was also about the $13,000 in debt. Damn. Which is about $27,000 today. Yeah. And Palma's here then goes on to be, well, to act supportive, but not be supportive. Yeah. By basically stating that when his daughter was younger and would start crying, sometimes he just wanted to put her in a garbage bag and put her in the closet and leave her for a while. So he gets it. Yikes. hmm And like. I watched that part. It's weird. Yeah. But kind of being like, yeah, we've all had
0: thoughts. Ooh. Yeah.
1: You snapped. Like, I get it. You, it's sometimes people, you know, kind of like
0: trying to go to them into saying more. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So unfortunately though, some of these tactics started to work. Oh no. Larry started to say some incriminating things, mostly in agreement though, of what Palma's here was feeding him. Yeah. He did, however, go on to admit at some point that eight years earlier, when it was just their eldest son and them, he tried to blow up the house by leaving a candle near a leaky gas clothes dryer. Yikes. So the interrogation kept going on, though. And eventually you can actually see Larry having a very hard time keeping his eyes open. His head starts to droop. He's just almost completely shut down. Yeah. It was also noted by Palmetera that he showed no emotion or anger during the entire thing. Okay. So I just watched clips. Yeah. It seemed, again, like he was still kind of in disbelief of the whole situation. Yeah. Not to say there was, and I will get to it later. We'll talk about our own opinions because I'm going to give you all the information I have. But it, again, with him being fed, the questions. Yeah, very the way he leading was,
0: questions. It sounds like. Yeah.
1: So. The interrogation would go on until about 5.30 p.m. Uh So, again, he got picked up 7 to 7.30, so this is a long day. But this wasn't the end of the day. He was then taken to the Wyandotte police station and interrogated by Officer Gillespie from about 10.45 p.m. until 1 a.m. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. So his day was about 18 hours long, mostly interrogation or being transported. Yeah. The next day, Larry was arraigned on four counts of first-degree murder and one count of attempted murder for Sue. At the televised arraignment, Gillespie and the mayor announced to the press that Larry had confessed to everything and that it was premeditated. What? Yep.
2: Damn. Yeah.
1: Based on these tapes. And again, I mean, he says incriminating things. I didn't see any footage of him saying like, I did it on purpose, but even talking about the the eight years prior thing. And at one point, I think he does say like, maybe I do have a demon or again, these agreeing things to what he's being fed. So, eventually, there was a a trial was scheduled, and the presiding judge, Judge Colombo, who would be overseeing it, reviewed the tapes Yeah. a few months later in December before the trial was actually being put together. Right. And he decided that they were inadmissible as Larry was under duress. Yeah. The press wasn't having this, however, and they demanded access to the tapes. Judge Colombo denied this, but... After some back and forth in legal battles and a very strange ruling, he was overruled by the recorder's court judge. Interesting. Who had never watched the tapes. Of course. The recorder's court judge invited members of the press to the Michigan Court of Appeals to watch them so they could transcribe them. So they weren't going to release the tapes for like everybody to view, but they were like, you can come see them. You can write them down and then use whatever you want.
0: Interesting.
1: And this is basically violating the 6th and 14th Amendment by releasing what was suppressed in admissible evidence to the press.
0: Yeah, I was going to say that something seems up there. Something doesn't feel right about yes. that.
1: Again, very strange decision made here. I don't know what loophole made it happen. I don't I don't know how it exactly happened. Yeah. But what? <sighs> yeah. So soon many quotes were printed. Out of context. Mm-hmm. You can imagine how that went. Yeah. They were missing tones, expression, everything but the actual words. They were stripped of their actual meaning. Right. You know, they don't see they, they don't see him. The
0: context or like, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And I don't know how much they were publishing. Because again, this was a long interrogation. So that's yeah. like a book if you're yeah. publishing the whole thing. So you're taking snippets. Yeah. And while the press was quick to print the transcripts, None of them mentioned that all the statements were made in a state of duress. Yeah. So it was not really reported that the judge had thrown the tapes out for the trial. Yeah. Because of that. In June of 1990. So we're just short of a year later, the jury selection was started. Yeah. There was a lengthy questionnaire and each potential juror was interviewed separately. The defense requested a bench trial because it didn't seem great with a jury of people who have probably read about this. Right. But was denied. He also requested a change of venue three times for the same reason, but was denied three times. Mm. There was no way that any of the jurors had not at least heard about this story. It had been all over the media, but the judge argued that some time had passed. Uh Mind you, it's not even a year at this point. Yeah. Yeah. But he went on to note that all press coverage had ended about five months earlier in January, so nobody should really be harboring any kind of feelings or prejudice against the defendant.
0: Five months isn't that long to forget something. No. Yeah.
1: So obviously this wasn't true. The coverage had slowed down, but now because the the trial was about to start within a month of it starting up again, it ramps up again. Yeah. And in that same time, the Michigan Court of Appeals publicly reaffirmed Colombo's suppression of Larry's statements. And the media reported on that. Again, bringing it to Yikes. air. Just kind and of
0: a, very skewed picture.
1: Yes. So a, a week before jury selection even started, the media was ramping up again. Eventually, a jury was selected, though, and a glass booth was built behind the jurors bench for the media to sit in during the trial.
0: Oh, good. I was hoping they'd be there.
1: Yes. There was only one juror who didn't regularly read Detroit newspapers. Okay. And five of them admitted to knowing about the suppressed statements, but claimed that they wouldn't use that knowledge in their decision-making. They could put it aside. Okay. Because everybody knows humans can say, you know what? I don't want to feel or think things subconsciously anymore. So I'm going right. to put that aside.
0: Yeah. I mean, my yeah. therapist would talking about this day of like, don't think about Abraham Lincoln and roller skates. Don't think about Abraham Lincoln and roller skates.
1: And now I'm thinking about Abraham Lincoln and roller skates. Yeah,
0: right. yeah. Try and push them out of your mind, which I thought about just on like those roller ro- skates. Yep, just rolling <laughs> them on out.
1: I love that. Right. So the trial started and it lasted for eight days of testimony and witnesses were called. So we're going to go a little bit into it. Obviously, we're not going to do all eight days. Yeah. One of the witnesses called by the defense was Larry's wife, Suzanne, Sue who spoke in his defense, Uh she fully believed it was an accident. She never blamed him as having intent. Yeah. The defense went on to show evidence as well of over a hundred cases of people with similar make and model cars, having the same accelerator issues with their vehicles. Yeah. So not even the trucks. We're not even talking about the trucks. We're talking about station station wagons. Yeah. There was, however, one state police officer who first took a statement from Larry that was also brought in to the stand. It was noted that he had written accelerator sticking on the top of his notepad during the arrest.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: When questioned in court, however, he claimed to have no idea why he wrote that. Yeah. <laughs> Another witness called was Aaron Stonebrunner, and he was the boater who rescued the couple. He testified that Sue was desperate and crying hysterically, as one would expect when pulled on the boat. Yeah. While Larry had never tried to save the kids and he could only be heard mumbling, Oh my God, what have I done? Yeah. Then there was Beverly Lake. Do you remember her? She's the woman from the 11th floor who called 911. Yeah. She testified that she had seen the car twice before because she had seen it the night before. Yeah. She did love peeping so much that she had a pair of high powered binoculars. Next to the window.
0: Of course.
1: As did her neighbor. They were actually kind of in a war for like. Nosy bitch. Yeah.
0: Who's the nosiest bitch? hmm Yeah.
1: And her husband would even make fun of her saying things like, don't be so nosy. You never know. One day you might see a murder.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Obviously as a joke, but it became not so much of a joke. Yeah. So she testified again that she had seen the car the night before because the family had visited the night before and that she saw it. 20 minutes before and then also kind of almost insinuating that it had been like staked out. Yeah. And she had also heard Sue's cries and watched the whole scene unravel. Yeah. from Yeah. So another person called to the stand was Irving Rossian. Okay. He was called as an engineer and expert in ac- accident reconstruction. During his testimony, he noted that there were no skid marks and this shows that there was no attempt to break and also that the car went in a very straight line because they had it swerved at all. Yeah. There would have been marks. He also pointed out an indentation made on the front left wheel, which suggested that the car hit the curb and that the driver must have been aiming directly between the two wooden posts holding the barrier. Huh. Yeah. I'm not, I can't, my brain can't figure that out. But yeah. I'm also not an accident reconstruction specialist. So. Me neither.
0: And it's not an accident reconstruction specialist podcast. No.
1: There was a mechanic who had examined the car brought into the stand on the prosecutor's side who did not really back up the car's faulty parts. I don't know exactly what he did say, and I couldn't find information about that. However, it was noted that he was a bus mechanic.
2: Okay,
0: bus, not car. Correct.
1: The prosecution further went on to appeal to the juror's emotions. The prosecuting attorney was Kevin Samowski. During the trial, one of his arguments was a demonstration that he conducted, showing all the maneuvers that he could do within seven seconds, which is about the amount of time that it took. Things like turning the wheel, attempting to brake, turning off the ignition, and such. And it was just this series of him.
0: Okay, yes, yeah, sir. In this prepared situation, where you can show where you can do in seven seconds, great. But mm-hmm. yeah, this guy sounds like he was like half asleep at the time as well.
1: Yeah, and. Obviously, a lot of other arguments on the prosecution side. The car's history with Larry's dad was brought up. Yeah. Larry's debt. Anything to try and persuade that it was intentional. So on the 21st of June, 1990, after nine hours of deliberation over two and a half days, the jury came back with guilty on all counts.
0: Dang. Mm
1: -hmm. Almost 50 deputies were called in for the verdict in case of rioting. So they were expecting it. Nothing happened, but they were like. Ready. Sentencing took place shortly after. But here's the weird thing. Yeah. So Judge Colombo, overseeing yeah. this whole thing, denied doing a bench trial, right? Said, No, we're gonna do jury. Yeah. He made comments that he would have preferred if Larry was found guilty of a lesser charge, as he wasn't sure if he was guilty of intentionally doing this, suggesting that second degree or involuntary manslaughter may have been more fitting. Yeah. However, the jury made the decision, so he had to do with the sentencing. And in Michigan law, the sentencing for all those things, basically each one of them is a life sentence. Yeah. So he got sentenced to five concurrent life sentences, no parole.
2: Dang.
1: Mm -hmm. Because I love learning things. Concurrent means they can all be served at the same time, but they're life sentences. So it doesn't. So Larry has tried for appeals for multiple due process violations. So things like the venue wouldn't Uh. be changed. Certain pieces of evidence that didn't make it in. Request for the bench trial being denied. It kind of sounds like they
0: had just really headed out for this guy. I don't understand why. Mm -hmm. What was like their incentive for going as hard as they did?
1: Again, we go back to the media though, because the media does sway us. And yes, the media had been around by 1989 for a while, as far as like television and things like that. But it
0: was also like the late 80s.
1: Yeah. I mean, the media still sways us a lot. I mean, they, yeah. everything is so polarized right now because of what media you're taking in. Yeah. And at this time,
2: yeah. you know,
1: you're watching the local news and th- this is the time of local news. Yeah. I haven't watched local news in a long time. Not to say I don't Same. know about it, but there's you there's not one main source. Yeah. You know what I mean?
2: I guess
0: you don't need cable. you just I mean, you, need you can to
1: like- there is I have an antenna,
0: but I only use it to watch awards shows in Jeopardy.
1: Well, yeah, no, and that's, I don't use regular TV and that's why. So anything yeah. I'm getting, it's, it's from publications on the internet, if anything, but there's so many right. options uh, and I'm not gonna lie, I don't pay for newspaper online.
0: Yeah. I don't blame you.
1: <laughs> when I get the big bucks, I'll pay for newspaper online. So yeah, a lot of problems and none of the appeals worked. An appeal did make it to the Supreme Court who refused to hear it. And since all appeals have been exhausted.
0: Dang. Yeah.
1: So a little bit about Sue, just because Yeah. we should. What happened with Sue. Sue? Unfortunately, she was really struggling after the verdict and the sentencing. She and Larry, though, stayed married until 1995. Aw. And that's when Larry finally made Sue divorce him after seeing how hard it was for her every time she visited him.
2: Yeah.
1: Which that's very sweet to be like, I can't do this to you anymore. I know you love me. I love you. But like.
0: I don't want to hold your life back. I get, That's a very nice thing for him to do.
1: Yeah. And since then, he and all friends and family have lost contact with her. And this is a definite case of leave her alone. Right. <laughs> Nobody ever needs to like. It's
0: a traumatic thing that happened in her past and ruined like,
1: mm-hmm. like. I hope I hope she. I hope she's doing well. I hope she's doing well. We wish the best for Sue. Yeah. Larry also went on to know that he discouraged her from seeing him anymore because he also wrote The kids also resembled him, so he knew that there was a struggle with that, too. So Larry is serving his time down in jail in Coldwater, Michigan. For many years, he has refused to give any interviews because he didn't want to necessarily drudge up these things. Then according to him, one day, Barbara Walters people actually got in contact with him. But due to a new law at the time, Uh the Michigan Department of Corrections no longer allows cameras in jails. Interesting. Like right around the same time that this was maybe, yeah, going to which is interesting because I remember seeing those specials of people being interviewed in jail, and yeah, I guess like in Michigan at least, I haven't seen
2: yeah anything.
1: I don't know. In 2014, he was written by WWJ news anchor.
0: WWJ
1: News Radio 950. Roberta Jacina, and initially refused giving an interview, but after thinking it over for a bit wrote a detailed six-page letter answering all of the questions. Okay. Yeah. Which I read. I mean, it's available online. Yeah. The first page is very hard to read because he wrote in cursive, but then after that, he writes in... Print. Print, so it's yeah. a little easier. When he's answering the questions, he writes in print.
0: Yeah. Cursive. Yeah, you don't see that very often these days. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and some cursive is easy to read and some Oh, harder. yeah, yeah. Yeah, my friend Shannon in high school had the hardest. It was the prettiest handwriting, but it was so hard to read her cursive.
0: It, it was like a thing. Like, when you're not used to it, you're like, oh, God, there's so many loops.
1: Uh Uh-huh. Well, and hers was, like, very slanty. Yeah. Which just made it, like, and, like, thin, like, squished. Oh, yeah. So, at one point in the letter, he states, quote, I can't swim and have a fear of deep water, so the so-called lie detector test was a ruse perpetrated by police in order to instill guilt by accusation. At the trial, the state's expert mechanic was primarily a bus inspector who couldn't even start our vehicle for testing. He goes on to cite that the mechanic missed the bent accelerator cable exiting the firewall and downplayed the two broken motor mounts, an oblong cable mount for the gas pedal and and the unknown scraping noise coming from the carburetor. Okay. So all the things that the other mechanic had found, basically.
0: He's like, oh, I couldn't find them because it's not a bus.
1: Yeah. And amongst many tests, there was also fault found in the accelerator that one time, Yeah. but also that none of this was ever portrayed in court. Yeah. Because they didn't want to. Yeah. He still maintains his innocence in the intent yeah. of it, but he's actually always admitted to the wrongdoing and his mistake. Yeah. I mean, there's no way to like debate that. Right.
0: He's like, I was driving the car. It went out of control and I was driving it. Malicious- well, the turn. Yeah. The
1: turning left instead of right. That was a fuck up. Yeah. That was, and i I don't think he ever... Says that wasn't, you know, he's probably tired after a 10 hour day. And then they right. went and did all these things, probably dehydrated. is ninety degree, you know, like there's, right. but, so he's always admitted to that and that he fucked up basically. Yeah. Uh, Cause how can you not admit right. to that? He still considers himself a Catholic man who believes in God. And he closed the letter, sending blessings to the people on the boat who rescued him and Sue on that night. Oh, and in his words, quote, I've always been hypercritical of myself, which is why I've always accepted responsibility for the accident because that's what it is, a tragic accident. I am a good and kind man who has always tried to be the best man, husband, and father I couldn't be. Oh. We don't end here, though. Oh, God. Okay. There's been one more change. All right. There is a free Lawrence Delisle petition on change.org. Okay. To get a petition for clemency to the governor's office. And as of February 2021, there's a petition sitting on Gretchen Whitmer's desk. Well, I don't know where it's actually sitting, but there is. It's there. Yeah. Uh, And the petition is still up on change.org. If anybody out there feels one way or another, we'll talk about our feelings in a few. Yeah. There are many people who aren't sure if they believe this was done within 10 or not. Yeah. Especially when looking back at the case. This includes former Detroit News reporter Jim Mitzelfeld, Mitzelfeld, who was featured in the documentary and also a few stories that I read. Right, Because he had covered the story for the Detroit Free Press at the time. And he says he doesn't really know one way or the other, but he, what he does know is that the trial wasn't a fair trial. That's kind of where I feel like I'm at. Mm-hmm. And that kind of really ends our story right there. Yeah. That's exactly how I feel too. I mean, it's really hard to tell with intent or not. Right.
0: Cause you can't see inside that person's head.
1: Mm-hmm. And even if there was like a retrial today, I, I, I don't know that I, It's I don't, hard to prove either way. Yeah
0: they've really mm-hmm. did their damnedest to make a case for against him
1: yeah there was a lot it of things seemed, yeah it
0: seemed that they were really like it's hard to prove guilt but they've they really seemed to have it out for him for some reason
1: they really did and I mean a lot of it was that's the way that the media spun it initially when it first yeah. happened and especially because they came out and said oh he confessed so which once is people, dumb yeah so once yeah. people got a hold of that everybody's mind is made up like oh my gosh he's an awful monster he did this on purpose what kind of Just horrible human being does that to those four beautiful children. Right. And their own children. Yeah. And their wife and them. You know, you mean like. Right. It's kind of like,
0: that's why I'm kind of like, what incentive did he have to do this? Because he he didn't get the insurance money. He went to jail. And it's like, Mm -hmm. if it was.
1: I mean, that's why I think people fall to the murder suicide idea of like, he just wanted to finish it all. And he might have had some depression issues and things like that, too. True. And depression was handled very differently in 1989 than it is oh, absolutely, now. absolutely. So yeah. like, and it sounds like, you know, again, like he had a rough day, four kids, a lot of kids. And there yeah. is like stress in that. in those Oh, situations. absolutely. Yeah. But how can we say that there was intent? You know what I mean? Like, right. there's no proof of that intent necessarily. And again, I have no, I have no idea. Yeah. One way or the other. But the trial wasn't fair. The trial wasn't done correctly.
0: Oh, absolutely not. It sounds Mm -hmm. like this is a a surface level
1: overview of it. I'm sure if we, you know, there's more things that happened in that trial than what I have here.
0: It sounds like a real kerfuffle, which is British for shit show.
1: Yes, it is a real kerfuffle shit show. Yeah, I know that's redundant, but I don't care because it's a double shit show.
0: Sometimes you need to be redundant. Sometimes Sometimes to say gay homosexual.
1: (laughs) I do love when that happens because it's funny. Uh, but yeah, real quick, my sources because I yes, yes, yes. forgot last time from CBSlocal.com, dot com. Many articles. I think I did five or six by Christy Strasser from September of 2014. So thank you to Christy Strasser for writing those. The petition on change dot org. I read through that. Uh-huh. An article by Sarah J. Lieber published February 2021 on Broadwayworld.com, dot com, which was okay. interesting. Yeah, that is. Yeah. Netflix, The Confession Tapes, season one, episode seven from 2017. Uh And a YouTube video by Liz Wakeford called The Tragic Case of the Delisle Family. Did Larry Delisle really murder his children from April of 2021? Solid sources. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's the most recent update I have. I'm interested to see if what happens next with the story. Right. And it is, I mean, it's such a, it is a, it's a tragedy. Yeah. Oh, no absolutely. matter, no matter what, this is just a horrible, very disappointing. Sorry to bring no, <laughs> the room down good. situation. But I think the, the bigger story here is media coverage Yeah, and how that can affect us so much. Yeah. And affect things like
0: the right to a fair trial,
1: a trial, a murder trial. Yeah. And you know, maybe, Maybe manslaughter would it or second degree. You know what I mean? Would have yeah, been I don't think first don't degree
0: murder doesn't sound right for like the situation. With,
1: well, without the proof of intent, because absolutely nothing brought thing. up. Yeah. In the situation, if, if there was a note he had written, or this or that, you know what I mean? Like that's that's the proof you need of intent. Yeah. So, so yes, that is the story of Larry Delisle, a mistrial that was never called a mistrial. Yeah. Hmm
2: dang
1: yeah
0: well thanks for reading that story that was very interesting
1: yeah i'd like to say my pleasure but it was such a bummer i don't know i can say that
0: for sure well i think it's time for two truths and a lie i would love that gonna be kind of a short and sweet one
1: love it even more
0: so today's topic is lego sets because makes sense that's on the brain yeah So I'm going to list three Lego sets. Two of them exist. One of them do not.
1: Ooh, fine.
0: So the first one is Mm -hmm. a ship in a bottle. Okay. The second one is the Back to the Future car. Okay. And then the third one is Jeffrey's disembodied, like Jeffrey the
2: giraffe disembodied head.
1: Okay, but as a kit.
2: Yeah, it's a kit. Yeah, as a kit. Fuck. Yeah.
1: I want to say I've seen all three of these. Yeah. I know Jeffrey's head has existed, but I don't know if it was a kit. But I know I've seen a picture. Or was it all of Jeffrey? I don't know. Oh, wait. Hold on. I'm a liar. I made all-
0: one up that it actually existed. Because <laughs> then you said all you've seen all three. I'm like, I did not fact check my last one. I just was like, okay. I thought so. Guess which one was the lie that I thought was a lie. That's not
1: really a lie. I'm going to go with Jeffrey's head because. That one was real. That one was real. Oh, I was just guessing because you said the last one. I'm going to go with the ship in a bottle. That one was real too. Okay, then obviously the, the Back to the future. Yeah. I would be shocked if the DeLorean was not a Lego set. Like, as, I would just.
0: As soon as I said that, I'm like, I should have Googled to see yeah. that it exists. It was one of those times. I know we literally talked about this last night that I usually remember Day of, but I did not remember Day of.
1: <laughs> it's okay.
0: And so I was like, Lego sets, let's go. But yeah, it's weird. They have like a ship in a bottle, which like, it's not yeah, really in a I bottle. It's a, it's, it's a Lego. I but. thought
1: I had seen a picture. Well, I was pretty sure all three of those existed, so I think I've seen a picture of all three of them. But yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, because it is weird, but I feel like that was kind of like an early one when they started doing the more advanced sets. Yeah. Or something. Yeah,
0: it's like weird know. what gets Legos and what do, Like they've made some like there's like a NES one now, like a Nintendo entertainment system that oh, like cute you build a TV that actually scrolls somehow. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's and neat. so it looks like you're actually playing the game. It has like dials on the top and it like moves yeah that's cute yeah they get real fancy with them these mm-hmm. days
1: yeah well they came up with like fancier parts that yeah can do the engineer stuff you know what I mean like even just like this car like they just put so much thought and
0: detail into things they put parts that are real car parts even though they don't function like yeah the real car parts
1: it's interesting to look at. It is.
0: And it's, I love it. I like, I, I'm just like literally sitting here for like an hour and a half each time I open a new bag of like the pieces. And I'm like, the attention to
1: detail is insane. I learned something about the Lego store.
0: Okay. Late on, on
1: me. TikTok.
2: <laughs> okay.
1: This guy came on and he was like the Lego store. We're not taught to pressure anybody into sales because we actually make money off of all Lego sales the way they pay their employees is not per store. It's just Lego sales overall.
0: Interesting. So
1: like their job is literally just to make the customer happy with their like experience at the Lego store. I love that. Yeah. I was like, that's neat.
0: I think it's the way to do it too. Cause then nobody feels weird and mm-hmm. pressured. Yeah. I love that. The Swedes or no, that's the, I think Danish people invented Legos. Sure. I know it was somewhere in Scandinavia. Cause I made the joke of like the Scandinavians got us with Ikea and Lego.
1: Okay. <laughs> Did you ever have Duplo?
2: No. They were
1: like Legos for like younger children so that you wouldn't choke on them. They were like really, really big. So like oh, little kids can put them in their I've mouth. I've had
2: like
0: the chonky Legos. They were like still Lego, but they were chonky.
1: Well, no, this was the same company, but they were called Duplo.
0: Oh, maybe I just didn't realize they were called everything. I thought they were just chonky Legos. I
1: mean, I don't think they do that anymore. So
0: Yeah. I'm bummed because like I have a tub of Legos somewhere between my house, and my parents' house. And I have missing
1: a giant Rubbermaid bin of Legos. But with my blessing, they were gifted to one of my high school friends, kids.
0: Then that's fair. And like
1: with again, I'm very excited because also the boys love them. Yeah. And are like into Legos. And I'm like, yay.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You know what? I'll say this. I hope they're found by the time my nephew gets old enough where he can play Legos. Mm hmm. See, because all I want now is just to like, I love just like fussing with Legos. Mm -hmm. And like when you have a kit, it's just, it tells you how to build with them, which I love. Yeah. It's a puzzle that tells you how to put it together. Yeah. But sometimes I just want a bucket of them just so I can stick them
1: around. Oh my God. I used to make the weirdest things when I was a kid. Yeah. That's the fun of Legos. Like once in a while, it would be a kit, but like, because my parents would buy just like the jugs, like pink can size, like jugs of Legos sometimes. Yeah, I made.
2: I forgot stuff.
0: about the pink jugs. Maybe I should get one of those. I know one time I made a giant heart. <laughs> Love that. That's the only one I remember. I had like a little like soccer one, which like it like had like the little guys and they had like little spring platforms and oh, you wow. had, like would like flick them down. And they'd mm-hmm. kick the balls. There's just something kind of meditative about it, mm-hmm. too, where it's just kind of like you're quiet and you're mm-hmm. kind of just like let me dig through these like interesting sounding pieces, trying to find the one I need. And I found the one I need. Let me put on the thing You feel accomplished at the end.
1: During the first ants in the hall live stream, I put together a train, oh, I love a that. tiny train one because my, my dad gets me a Lego kit every yeah, year. Yeah. It's his thing. I've mentioned it, but he, but they're always the little, yeah, you yeah. know, like four inch pack of them. And yeah. you know, maybe 20 steps total. Yeah. That's cute. Yeah.
0: They're cute. I love Legos.
1: Yeah. Me too. I mean, except for when they're on the floor and you don't know it's there and you step on it. I, that's the worst.
0: When I was trying to snap a piece onto the, like, it was like a fender or some car part. I'd like, I'm putting car pieces together. I'm like, this has a name. I don't know it, but it has a name. <laughs> I built a thing, but I was trying to snap a thing out of the car and I dropped in the pieces oh. flew off. And I was like oh. trying to find this piece. Cause I couldn't find it. I'm like, do I just take my, do I just take my slippers off and walk around and I'll find it that way.
1: Mm. Probably.
0: But then I, I ended up finding it. I think I oh, may have just like forgotten good, to good, put good. it on in the first place.
1: Yeah. I'm glad to hear that for your feet.
0: Yeah. No, because I was definitely for just. For feet's kind of, sake. Right.
1: So I, I just made a bad pun for for feet's sake. Okay. I passed a van today for a company called Chimney Crickets.
0: I love it. I love it. Do they sweep chimneys? They do. Perfect. And
1: it's, it's, it's a um, cricket dressed as like a chimney sweep. I I like I love this. Okay, I was laughing so hard. I was like, and I feel like I've said that term in my head to myself: chimney crickets. They took your idea. <laughs> yeah, straight out of my head that I've never said aloud. So it made me extra happy, though.
0: Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love pun names like that.
1: Yeah, me too.
0: Like I once had a plunger that was Tidy Aphrodite brand.
1: Yeah, <gasps> I love that. Right? Like, oh my gosh! In LA, there was a place called. If you pronounce this correctly, it doesn't make sense. But it was. So I'm going to pronounce a word wrong. It was 9021
0: Foe. Oh, my God. I love it. I love that, too.
1: <laughs> it made me laugh. Every time I'd see it on a map, I would just start cracking up because I couldn't. <laughs> there was a place in Santa Barbara, too, that was really funny. I think it was something like Wheelie Fun Wheels.
0: Oh, I like that. <laughs> I was
1: like, what? Wheelie, Wheelie Fun that
0: one's a bit more of a stretch. I don't love those as much as others, but it, like no. I, appreciate the, I appreciate the try. Well, puns aside, if you want to follow us on our social media, you can follow us at Detroit Strange on Instagram and Twitter, uh, Detroit Strange on Facebook, and our email address at Strange at gmail.com. Mm-hmm.
1: And we always encourage sliding in the DMs as well. Yeah. Um, and if you want to support the show, you can head over to patreon.com. You can also check out our merch in our Threadless shop get some swag get some swag for sure pet a cat you can pet a cat for us on, on our behalf that's that's large support for the yes. show you can also rate subscribe review we
0: that love too. a good review
1: but other than that
0: until next time stay, stay strange. strange
1: this has been a production a planning ant podcast powered by pinecast our theme song was recorded by detroit's own stacks and violence